listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. And welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. I'm Matt. I'm here with Jake and Joe, and that intro was definitely for Joe and no one else. This is uh, episode 43 <laughs> of the Ants podcast. We're recording on a Friday, August 8th. Who knows when this will get to you, but hopefully soon. Jake, how are you tonight? I am. Uh, I am not bad. Thank you very much. And yourself? I'm doing well, thanks. It's it's been a well by our standards the last couple months. It's been a while, right? What's it been a, a two week layoff now instead of the usual one? Yeah, two week layoff. A little bit uh, busy for everybody last week. So gave everybody a chance to wind down after the tour and gave chance, Joe a chance to see three more shows while the band wasn't touring. Right. So that's good. And that's a natural you know segue right there. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, well rested then. I uh, from from the first half of your tour this year. Um, yeah, I'd say re- well rested. Um, anxious for the gorge. Yeah, yeah. So you went to the Bristol show, right, Joe? Yeah, the last show right before the break, the end of the East Coast tour. Did it, um, did it feel like a closer? Was there anything different to it? It only felt like a closer uh, because in my head I made it feel like a closer. The show did not feel like a closer. It didn't didn't feel like anything special was pulled out because we're going to be taking a break for four weeks. It didn't feel feel uh, you know like we're taking a break because or like we're going crazy because this is the last East Coast show of the summer. Um, pretty pretty it was a good show i mean that actually the set list a lot of people think the set list was one of the the better set lists pretty good pretty good variety um but it wasn't like um going all out or anything like that you got but a little dave, old go ahead jake uh, i was just gonna mention that dave made a couple references to um leroy because that was of course the last show that leroy played was actually at bristow in 2008 and um ended with why i am and even mentioned a little something before they played that so that had to be something a little special Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually m- multiple times. So the band was definitely, definitely feeling the presence of uh, Leroy in the show, which I thought was great. And what's unique about Bristol is they actually have a tribute to Leroy uh, inside inside the venue. Um, and so there's a little area, a little kind of uh, I don't know what you'd call it, a little memorial um, nature, couple little tree, a plaque dedicated to Leroy. A lot of people. Um, Taking pictures by it, uh, stopping by and see it, which is pretty, pretty unique. I don't really know too many venues that have, a, you know, a memorial to somebody in it, and it's not like something happened at the venue. Uh, it just happens to be the last venue that he played at, but close to home, obviously Virginia. Um, and there was definitely seemed like a lot of Virginia love. A lot of people that have uh, been with the band in the early days seemed like it were at the show too. That's well, essentially the home, the home show of the entire tour mm-hmm. in lieu of JPJ. Yep. Yeah, it's basically sixty miles from Charlottesville, so it's really you know right down the road a piece in, in uh, Dave, southern in, terms. Yeah, and did Dave mention that? He's mentioned uh, it felt good for him. He just got to um, take like a two hour or whatever, one hour ride, and he get to sleep in his own bed and squeeze his own babies. I think he said something like that. So uh, Dave was feeling the local love too. Why do you think they don't make John Paul Jones a staple? I mean. Is it because it is their home venue and the the hullabaloo might be a little too much on a yearly basis? Mm-hmm. It's it's small. It's real small. Well, it's an arena. What do you get? Yeah, well, 18? yeah, I mean, what do you get? Fifteen to eighteen, probably. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that's not that. That's actually not that bad. I thought you know JPG JPJ is a smaller of the arena size, right? Uh, I'd say uh, that's like Key Arena in Seattle. It's it's a basketball arena size place. It's a university small town. Yeah, it's it's lucky to have a second level. The second level only has probably like what fifteen rows or twenty rows. It's um, it's not your. It's not like a anywhere close to a major basketball oh, stadium. Fifteen thousand four hundred ninety three. That's pretty good size. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. I, the, uh, my point is, I don't think that the reason for not playing it on the reg is capacity. That's well, I, at, the, at that size, I'd probably agree. Yeah, but you got to remember that this is basically Bristow is Northern Virginia, which is DC area. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the entirety of the DC area, which is what four million people, maybe if you stretch it out, maybe six million people. I don't know what. You know what you would consider the DC area from where to where, but you know you've got a lot of people in that area, and getting to Charlottesville is a lot more difficult because really there's only one highway in, and that's Richmond. So you're only going to travel in from highway. If not, you got to come across 29, and we've all driven across 29, and we know what that's like. Okay, so. that that might make more sense. Um, I mean, I think they could sell it out, but it certainly might be more of an epicenter to move it to a Bristow or you know outside of Seaville. What are you looking, Joe? You are pondering like I've never seen. You're, yeah, you're pondering like you're debating tagging on those onion rings for two bucks. <laughs> uh, I decided not to do it. No, uh, too expensive. Um, and I'm just, I'm actually just debating that in my head too. I'm wondering, you know, what it is. I, I, they could easily do probably three nights there, right? I mean, um, it, it's, it's got. I'm trying to think what the reason yeah. is. You know, but there's do they not a want lot of hotels. To? Do yeah, they want to? Do they want to? Right. I think it's. I think uh, this is really looking into the minds of other people. So total speculation. But if I'm that, I'm thinking, you know, it's special to play in your hometown. At the same time, there's probably a ton of people who you kind of got to take care of or make sure that they're included. And keeping track of that for one night, if not all three, is Mm -hmm. probably quite an undertaking. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's indoors, right? And I think you know, the band would rather play outdoors during the summer unless you're in Florida, then they'll like to play indoors. Well, um, actually, I was about to say, it's basically the same size as the Jacksonville show this year. Yeah. So, you know, but Jacksonville has more access to highways, more access to hotels, bigger city than Charlottesville. So Jacksonville greater than Alpine? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, so just a little wind up. Just a little That's, wind wow. up. Wow, oh, the, the venue wars have hit already. Wow, everyone is going, yeah, SPAC, yeah, yep. SPAC. Everyone's going to go on iTunes and negative review, re, uh, review me this time, Jake, not not just you, called out <laughs> by name. As long as they spell my name right, it's all <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so so I guess back to the, the Bristol show. Joe, you got Old Dirty Hill as a debut. Yeah. It was an acoustic set, which was that's kind of nice, a little bit something different. It actually um, sounded really good too. I just listened to the tape just the other day. A great mm-hmm. recording from the fans once again, and um, you know I'm not a big huge fan of this song, but it sounded really good. Yeah, it sounded nice. It sounded like it didn't sound like it was the first time they had played it. Uh, they were pretty, it's pretty tight, um, and was good. Um, crowd seemed to like it, so that yeah, was a nice little treat. We touched on this, and and you know, recent podcast, but I just, the acoustic set is such a great opportunity to take songs that are either overdone, you know, overdone electrically, like something like Jimmy thing that we want to, that we wouldn't mind hearing acoustically or taking songs that I think are dead to a lot of fans. If you ask me, most of every day is dead to me. 
I just don't want to hear it. Here we are, stolen away as one of the, I would say, fan favorites on the tour. Um, mm-hmm. And I look at old Dirt Hill in the acoustic set, and I don't cringe. I said I wouldn't mind hearing that. It wouldn't. It wouldn't piss me off to know that I've burned a slot in my ideal set to get that song. So I, you know, I think I think for nothing else, the acoustic set really has brought that where kind of mm-hmm. nothing's off limits anymore. Now, whether they've really and, taken advantage of the ability to do that, that's another debate. And even loving wings, which I nope. greatly detest, nope. as I've mentioned, sounded good though. It did. It did sound good. I mean, it still needed to end three minutes before no, it ended. I won't listen to it. But it was Carter did a good job with it. It made it tolerable. That's all I ever hear. Oh man, Carter tore it up on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it was still a minus one for me, but still, you know, it was it was it was a good it was a strong minus one, really. That's, <laughs> that's it's it's the strongest minus one I've given all tour. That's for sure. Joe, was this your first time going to Bristow? I it was. I mentioned that last time. Yeah, I've actually been there twice. I went there in 1996 because I'm old, and also went there uh, night two in 1998, which was actually a great set list on paper and one of my least favorite shows that I ever went to, mm. which is kind of strange. But that was my fifth show of 1998. Oof, I would have needed adult supervision to go to that show in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, right, Dad? Jake? Yeah. <laughs> that was actually um, that was actually my first um, major venue, Dave Matthews Band show because I had seen them in Tuscaloosa, um, in bars and in smaller. Um, so I'm in a little festival thing in 1993, but that was my first like major big time DMB show. Oh, cool! With my my blind Matt. Who's one blind? Of, one of the other unique things about the show was, and um, a lot of wounded warriors there. Um, I'm not sure if that was pre pre organized or what, but Dave definitely gave a shout out to um, all the wounded warriors at the show. I think actually in the pit they had a little section in front of the horns, um, a little blocked out for the wounded warriors. And I know the pretty much the first first row of pavilion seats behind the um, behind the pit had um, had a bunch of wounded warriors too. So I will have to ask. My cousin works for wounded warriors. And I'll have to ask her if she had a part of that because I believe she works in the uh, D.C. area, so it's very likely. So mm. shout out to my cousin Jenna. She's probably not listening, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's really cool. All right, so I'll, I'll look into that. Well, just so you know, just so you know, um, that tape is available on AntsMarching.org. Uh, the tapers, Dean Wolfgang, and reading some of the comments on the. Uh, the thread where they discuss the recording, people are going nuts. Outstanding quality. So, Dean, great job, and thank you very much, of course. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I listened to it just the other day, like I said, and it's it's a very, very good tape. Good, very good, good. And, good. and, the, and like uh, like Joe was saying, the show's good. It is um, – it, it wasn't my favorite um, acoustic set, but if I were to look at the best shows of the year, um, I think it's among the top three. And, and I know that I've listened to all the shows, and I know Matt, you've listened to zero of the shows. Oh, that's and not Joe, true. Go ahead, though. But Joe's seen all the shows at least. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, but I think, uh, I mean, really, just off the top of my head, I think Maine, Milwaukee, and Bristow are the three best shows. Um, I thought those were all really solid shows. I really liked the Milwaukee show, which surprised me. But um, I thought that was a really good show. Hmm. I've listened to the first third of the tour. Well, what was your favorite show out of the ones you heard? Just out of curiosity, do you know what for, up to what point you listened? Matt? Nope, nope. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to disappoint you on that. 
you know, I, I find it funny looking. There's a few things to look at, right? The, the rating on the site, I think we're going to end up having to tweak at least the display of that because 95% of the show's show is four stars. There's a lot of different gradients to that, right? 4.08 and 4.46 look the same. Right. Uh, so, but, and, and if you don't know, by the way, if you hold your mouse over the stars, it'll actually tell you what the real live number is good when point. you're on the uh, tour page. Great point. And I, and I might end up replacing that with like a little scale or something. But so what I end up looking at is the show flow because the numbers pop out a little better. And whereas they had that really bad run um, in the Florida, the state of Florida, all were 40 percent range shows. Tell those, me about it. Those last four, the North Carolina and Virginia shows, mid 50s, which is actually a pretty good rating. Um so it seems like they ended the tour strongly, especially after the whole Twitter blow up thing, as as anybody who listened to the last podcast would uh, be familiar with, as, as well as learning some new adult words. But, uh, you know, they, they seem to they threw in uh, they threw in when the world ends again, not a song I'm in love with, but they, you got lover lay down. Um, the the Charlotte show was good, even though it had your favorite loving wings in there again. But the Charlotte show and the Raleigh show were both good also. But um but uh, look at the um, look at the Milwaukee set list, yeah. just so I'm not completely right. insane. And I'm and I'm by the way, I'm never disappointed with uh, "Loving Wings" being the rarest song of a show because if that song is rare, that means that ain't getting played a lot. I'm okay <laughs> with that. That's another way to look at it. Yep. But I mean, this is this is a good example of what I kind of think is a little I don't know misleading because the the Milwaukee show's only rated three point nine. The show flow is not fantastic. But um, nothing at the set list is jumping out at me, though. Milwaukee? Yes, Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, it was at the time, it was the, the opener. Um, Minaret Stone. Minarets, Jane. yes. Yeah, that, that's what I recall from That's what I, if I remember the show, I mean, that was yeah. just the best yeah. part of the show. It had but. that good Lie in Our Graves um, acoustically, too, which Lie in Our Graves has been played both electric and acoustic. And um, it's similar both ways but i thought it sounded really good acoustically this year that's one of the songs that and rhyme and reason are the two uh, acoustic songs that i noticed that i thought sounded pretty good yeah it looks like shake me is actually starting to fall off a little bit um let's see how many shows this summer it was played at like 10 or 11 oh it for sure dropped off yeah well, it it took a it took a break also because it was played in bristow yeah um and where was it like played? the first time in two weeks or so yeah, if I played. click on it, I can actually see by holding my mouse over the 10 of 10, I could see that it was played on the 16th of July, and then it was played the 26th. So it was a 10-day period in between, which is probably the longest since it's debuted. Uh, <laughs> there's actually a 14-day gap prior to that as well. well oh, yeah, what was, right. nice, what was nice about the most recent one, though, the one they played it at Bristow, but it was mid-set. And that was just so sure. so re- so refreshing. It wasn't a closer, which it had been, you know, nearly all the previous times. Um, and by mid set, you mean second electric, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Second so the electric. Second, the second electric song is mid set. Mid set. There you go. Right. <laughs> well, well, so two sets. <laughs> when they introduced the tour, they um in their in their marketing they had. They had kind of promised, uh, you know, various guests. And what what would it end up being? We got the ladies for what it end up being about half the shows, maybe not quite that. 
According to my count, it was actually too many. Well, you know, is that a, that's a scientific calculation, so I can't argue it. Um, so we got the ladies and we got Bela. Um, were they the only two guests that played more than one show? I believe um, so. There were some other guests that popped in. Um, did, and I did, had really did a Matt, show by did show. Matt Cappy play both um, Camdens or just We one? got Matt Cappy once, Joe Lawler once, Bill Fanning once, uh, the ladies up to seven times. Tawatha's the only one who got all of those shows. Or I'm sorry, Sharon, nine times. And then there was a mix. So the ladies on nine shows and Bela on two. So I'll yeah. be honest, that's if you're going to promise guests, that falling short. Well, I mean, geez, I mean, wouldn't you count the ladies as three guests? Nope. <laughs> no. No, I would count them as, oh, well, great, I'm going to hear the exact five songs I know they're going to play um, that they didn't play last night. That's what the ladies are. <laughs> but that, I mean, if you're going to advertise a tour with guests, that's not it. That's no mm -hmm. more than any other tour. Yeah, and, yeah and, but they, they also are allegedly advertising two full sets, and <laughs> we've now learned that nine is a full set. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm, that's, you could talk and to the, the ad wizards. Nine with uh, a Dave solo song and uh, maybe a Dave and Tim song, and then maybe seven full band songs is a full set. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting, too, because I think they only did one show where essentially there was no Dave and Tim or Dave solo. I believe that was Atlanta, um, hmm. which I happen to be at, but I'm pretty sure that was the only one that was not, did not have a Dave solo or Dave and Tim. Hmm. I mean, they had some ones where um, pay for what you get and I'll back you up was without Boyd, um, but they, you know, they usually are anyway, so that doesn't matter. Um, and they were actually without... Um, Jeff as well. But other than that, it was quote unquote full band. Hmm. Yeah, I just happen to have um, Camden up because I was looking for uh, Mr. Matt Cabby. Um, and the the show on the 13th looks like it didn't have um, a Dave Tim or a Dave solo song. Okay, so it's been at least two then. Probably more. We'll get 50,000 freaking tweets calling us morons yep. for not knowing it. But yeah. Well, How I do you not know? We've heard quite a few rare songs. However, this tour, I mean, is is kind of non-dynamic as the you know the criticisms have been. We've seen you know Beach Ball, Good Good Time, which was practically dead. Little Red Bird and Raven show up. Um, you've got a couple covers and and Whiter Shade and Needle, um, and of course and that Sledgehammer as well. And Long Black Veil, okay, more than a couple covers, I suppose. Burning down the house. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, if you tell me I'm going to hear Beach Ball, Good Good Time, Little Red Bird, and Raven, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm I mean, you know, too. there's been there's been songs played, but at the same time, you know, the fans are still saying, well, where is, you know, the song that we keep hearing repeated most often, it seems, is Broken Things. And people are going, where is Broken Things? Why has Broken Things not been played? And I think that's the $64 question. And, you know, nobody knows except for Dave. But that's a song I think everybody's wanted to hear in some form, either acoustically or, you know, full band. So do you see it changing in the second half of the tour? Not the half, but the second part of the tour. Stop right there. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will get your answers for it. <laughs> Be right back. First time I kissed you, I lost my name. Bring that beat. 
All right, welcome back to the second segment here in the Ants Podcast, back to episode 43. And when we took a break, we left you with that dangling cliffhanger, 24 style, just without the ticking clock. What is everybody's expectation of this? I'm going to call it the second half. Yes, it's not a half, whatever. The second part of the 2014 Summer DMB Two Sets Tour. Um, Jake, Jake, let me throw it to you. What do you What do you think? Are we Are we looking at something different? Same deal? what i don't think you're gonna see a lot different but i do expect a few quote unquote um tour debuts i don't think you're gonna see more than three um historically speaking that seems to be about the number usually seems like usually seems like that's kind of contradictory but something will pop up in like the last show that'll make people go seriously that wasn't played earlier so I think you're going to see something like that. But, I, you know, I think we're all still hoping for broken things. And it wouldn't surprise me to see a couple other songs pop in there. Well, here's what I worry about. And this comes from somebody who's going to the Gorge. I see this three-night stand at, at the Greek uh, right out of the gates. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a carbon copy of that in the Gorge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and Shuffle probably, the shells a little bit. Maybe night two becomes night three, and night right. three becomes night two. But right, and and this is how I operate inter- emotionally. Is that if I'm blindsided with like crappy stuff, I, you know, I'm not happy, but I'm okay with it. But if I call it out like that, and then it happens, just like mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. I'm three times as pissed, and and I'm just I'm really afraid that's going to happen. And this diversity that we're talking about, I'm afraid we're going to get Dream Girl, we're going to get I Did It, and that's going to be the band breaking out shit we haven't heard yet. And that mm-hmm. ain't going to cut it. I'm I'm being really pessimistic right now, I know. I'm just... I, ever since I've started going to the Gorge, the shows have been pretty lackluster. And the three years prior to that, I was drooling, but I was on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, what was it, 2002? Which is the one that was the CD? That was, the, that was pretty much the last really, really good Gorge, in my opinion. Well, I started going in not 2009, and I feel like the mid-2000s shows were still really strong. Mm. Well, 09 was the one where he lost his voice, right? That's the oh, uh, yeah, he was infamous Danny Barnes shows, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, but I was just, I mean, I, it's funny you say that, because I think they did, like, um, they broke out, I did it, yeah, in, in 2010, they broke it out, it was, I think that was the first show of the year that they played it, but. At the Gorge, but I remember they played it because I remember one of the guys in Ants Plus mentioning how he was laughing as they were playing it. Just out of sh- yeah, it was the first one of the year that year. It was third song out in a Gorge night two, Here, so maybe you get lucky. Gorge, <laughs> Gorge is gonna get an acoustic version of Stand Up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my that's what my call is, and that'll 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 surprise everybody. Yeah, it'll surprise people, that's for sure. Stand oh up. Yeah, Stand that's, that's up. what I worry about is that the 
the counteract to hey, you know, we're mixing it up are going to be songs that just nobody wants to hear. Right, and well, and then you're just going to hear the same things again. You're going to hear like, how could you play stand up before you play busted stuff? How could you play I did it before you played broken things? You know, it's just that's what it's going to come down to for the hardcore fan, which is more than 0.1% of the audience, generally speaking. I You're going to see people to have a have a a survey from everybody after the show just to get like real show numbers, you know. What I want to do, I want to compare and we're going to have to do this manually, but let's compare the three nights at Berkeley to the three nights at Gorge. Mm-hmm. See how many songs overlap. Um mm-hmm. and and I guess we'll see. I, like I said, I hope I'm proven wrong, but there are not a lot of shows left in this tour and I can <sighs> I hate to say it, I can see the layup coming. I just can. So over over the three nights we're going to get what? About 65 songs in in each three night stand. Does well, that sound? here's here's the big question. And between you can answer for either or or both. Are you going to see any repeats at the three nights of Berkeley? That's the question. And are yeah. you going to see any repeats at Gore? They're averaging 25, 26 songs a show. So if you don't see any repeats, you're looking at a 75-song weekend. They could easily do it. The band can oh, easily play they, 75 just, songs. They played 107 songs this tour. Unique songs. So, yeah, so, I mean, they could do it in their sleep. Yeah, they could do it without rehearsing anything new. But will they? Uh, Matt, Matt, will they? Uh, three nights, they probably won't repeat a song. I mean, no, they they probably won't repeat a song. Maybe, Joe. A, uh, yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, Joe. Well, I was going to ask Joe, would you be you who've seen thirty nine shows this year? Would you be upset if they repeated a song at the Gorge? Um, upset's a bad word. Would I be disappointed? Melancholy? I would be, How about melancholy? I would be very would you be non-committed to any particular opinion, but leaning one way or the other. <laughs> Here, I, I could. It, it, I would be melancholy but could be easily persuaded to accept it in trade for something else. I mean, I'm not saying, like, if they played Mackhead both, you know, night one and night two, would you be okay yeah, with it? Exactly, yeah, right. Or I'm, or if I, if I got to hear, um, I don't know, Sister about, Two Nights, uh, how about you know. Good Good Time? If they played Good Good Time twice? It, it, it's got to be acoustic and got to be electric. It can't be in the same set. Ah. Okay, okay, okay. I can, you know. That's going to be an interesting point. Look at the songs that have been played both electrically and acoustically. I know Two Steps and Played, Rhyme and Reason, uh, Satellite, Good Good Time. Well, maybe one of those songs will repeat and people will be, okay, that's kind of cool. I heard Satellite acoustically with that crazy off-key crap at the beginning, and now I heard it electrically coming into out of Proudest Monkey like it always is. Maybe that's something people will be okay with. Yeah, Maybe. I, I really <laughs> Matt's I, not Matt's like there's no freaking way I want to hear satellite twice. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're they're not gonna play a repeat. I I and I really hope that I'm saying that confidently. <laughs> I say it out loud confidently, but in my head I I'm a little bit scared. But they are not gonna play a repeat for three nights. Now I think what's more real is what how much repeat between Berkeley and Gorge. How and many I songs? Feel, how many how many songs will be uncommon between the two? Three night yeah. stands, and I think I, that's I feel, single digits. Yeah, I mean, it's out of six, it's gonna be like sixty-five songs. We'll say roughly sixty-four songs. No, 
If you What's say that? there's going to be no repeats, it's 75 songs. 75? Okay. 20, I would, 20, I, 25 times 3. Last I checked. Well, they haven't been playing 25. It's more like oh, well, 20. Let me ask Mr. Tour. So I wrote the goddamn code. certainly better be. <laughs> oh, my it's more, it's more like 20 to 20. 25.03 songs a show. So a hair what? higher than 25 songs a show. Right. So what do you think? Uh, what's 25 plus 25 plus 25 there, Joe? Did you take any math there at The Ohio wow. State University? Check, mate. It's not 25. <laughs> that's, that's the part that's the part I'm stuck on. But anyway. I feel like I'm arguing with Jake. 75. Shh. 75. Out of 75, how like. how many will be dissimilar between the two the two series? I will put it I will put it also and I might even go below 5. Less than 5, huh? I was going to say easily below 5. It'll be 3. Easily Easily below five? Gosh, really? Well, yes. theoretically, they could turn over an entire show. They played 107 songs this tour. So if they were to turn an entire show over, that'd be 100 songs. Basically, instead of a, you know three nights, 75, they'd just throw one of those shows out, play a completely new set that hasn't been played. It's 100 mm-hmm. still within yeah. songs that they've played within the last two months. Yeah. So, you know. That's without a good way to put it into perspective. Yeah. So let's split it up. Let's say that they turn one show over, but they split it into three. So it's eight songs per night. They could theoretically play the same set, but put eight different songs in each night at the second three-night stand. That would represent, you know, about 33% of each show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not not terrible. I, it's just I, I fear that we're setting expectations high because if they don't, I mean, that that's not there's, an unreasonable. There's no way. Yeah, that's there, not, there's... But it's not unreasonable. It's not a crazy figure to throw out there. But again, I, I it's a, it's a point of debate, yes. But I think the argument can be made that the band has been uninspired in their set list this year. And, I mean, that's assuming that a, 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 all one hundred of those songs can nicely fit into a set list. Let's be honest. When you write a set list, there's only certain songs that can go into certain spots. There's a flow to a show. It, it Say those extra 30 songs, they're all quiet songs, right? He can't just add, disperse those 30 songs, all quiet right. ones. There's, there's a mix, and so it's optimistic to think that they could all be, all be used um, well, like that. Here's another kind of out-of-the-blue <laughs> note. Uh, are set lists written with any flow in mind at all? Yes. Does it always work that way, or are well, they just Jackson I'm- Pollock style? Well, I say yes because um, if you remember back, which I'm sure everyone does, in whatever year it was, 2000, 2001, back when Carson Daly had that late, late, late night yeah. show, mm, yeah. um, they actually – Carson asked the question or a fan asked the question, whatever. Somebody asked the question, and Dave went into it a little bit, and he mentioned how when he writes a set list, he will say, okay, now if I play this song after this song, will Carter look at me and say – what are you trying to do to me? I can't do these two songs in a row. And right. I'll look at this and say, will Leroy be mad because of this? So I, I think that that still factors in. Yeah, you, you, can't play, you can't play two songs where Carter is banging on the drums nonstop for, no, no. for 15 minutes. I don't necessarily mean that. I mean like flow, fast, slow, fast, slow. I don't think that mm-hmm. really – you look well, at a set sure. and I think it's random. Mm-mm. No, it's for sure. He, he puts in bathroom breaks in there. He He, he – he has uh, after a few really upbeat ones, he'll put a he'll put a slower one in there for people to hit the bathroom or just for the band Jake selfishly was, to, to. I mean, re- Jake, really, relax. 
that interview with Carson Daly, would that happen to be in the same year that Carter told whoever the F or Charlie Rose that he felt more professional with the charts? Was that be the same year? It may have. Okay. Been. Just checking. Just checking. I mean, I, I get you. I get what you're saying here, but you know, look at um, the July 19th show in West Palm beach. I'll bring this one up because I was there. Um, you know, whatever, seven songs into the show. I missed that. Seven songs into the uh, electric set, they played Mercy. Look, nobody was surprised they were going to play Mercy. It was freaking ridiculously hot. It was The humidity was 170 degrees. No, it's just just too much. So, not surprised. Yeah. And I think selfishly, some of those some of those are put in there for them to get a break. But there is most definitely a flow, and there, there's definitely times where they're bu- they're building up songs. They kind of get a quiet one to a little bit a little bit louder, uh, up to a to a kind of a climax. I think if you follow every show, there was a point where you could definitely pick out where the climax was designed to be. Hmm. Well, then. well, that's the key: is you always want to plan your climaxes. I think that goes without saying. If you can have if you can have a show with multiple climaxes, <laughs> it's ideal. It's yeah, it's it's a it's a good show. Well, and, it, and sometimes if you get surprised by a climax. <laughs> well, there's nothing worse than when you go to a show and it ends early. Let me tell you. Without the climax? Or the climax or, came too early. Can't you're believe just it's, like, what? I can't it's, believe it's, it's my job to, to pull this out of the gutter. I can't no, believe it. No, no, wait, wait. I'm talking about the, the 2009 show back in Charlottesville. Remember the, the show ended like 10.05. What are we talking about? Oh. The actual- oh. <laughs> so we've got two three-night stands and three single shows sprinkled in. We've got we've got the Le Schwab Amphitheater in, in Meth- uh, Bend, Oregon. We've got uh, Sleep Train After the Gorge and Chula Vista and then Irvine to close it out. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll see. We'll, we'll see. How, how Nine this... shows. Yeah. And you you guys are saying we'll hear less than three debuts over those nine shows. Yes. Wow. I say more. Three or, three or less. I say more than three. Wow. I think, I think we're going to hear. Will, will we hear Let You Down? No. No. Oh my gosh. No. That it that does that I'm not, not just, that, Will you hear Dodo, which was teased twice. Dodo was teased twice. But would would not hearing Let You Down not just depress you? If you if this tour ends up the acoustic tour ends and we didn't hear Jimmy thing or Let You Down acoustically, it's a fail. I don't know what you guys are personally complaining about. I Dave could go up there and read the phone book and I would love it. Yes, hashtag whatever. Oh, I but, thought I was somewhere else for a second. Hang on, uh, my mistake. Yeah, wrong Whoa. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wrong podcast. <laughs> oh, they knew who they are out there. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but I mean, I really, I mean, I mean, it's not even. Look, I've heard "Let You Down," so I'm, I can sit back and go, "Well, I've already heard it, so I don't care." But I mean, you know, people want to hear it. It's I don't think it's that great of a song, but whatever, it doesn't matter. People want to hear it, and it would this be fantastic acoustically. This is the setting, exactly. This is the setting. And clearly, the, the fans have made it very loud and clear that they want, would like to hear this song acoustically. It's the, probably the top song that they want to hear. So why, wh- this, that, this chance is going to get passed up? I don't even need to be at the show, right? I just want it to happen. And This, is, this is what you need up. to do. When you guys are at the Gorge, bring a sign, big sign, and hold it up. And mm-hmm. on it, have it say, 
phone book. <laughs> Play it. Read it. Read it. Oh, pissier lives on. So, uh, all right, what we got here? Jake, Live Tracks 31. Yes, Live Tracks 31 just announced on the 7th of August. It is a 2001 tour. Did you do a news story on that? No, did you? Good job. Did you? I'm not a, I'm not a reporter. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm, go ahead, I, Joe. You were going to write it? Go ahead. I, I put it up, I thought. Yeah, when's the last time your name's been up there? She was. <laughs> Don't we have people who do this? Oh. Anyway, um, no, we still have to do that. So we'll get that up eventually, and everyone acts surprised when you see the tweet come out. And say, <laughs> like, wow, that's unbelievable. Breaking news. <laughs> but um, it's a 2001 tour, and for those of us that survived the 2001 tour, we're like, what? Like, ugh, give me a break. I don't want to hear a 2001 show, but the show's very good. It's from, um, it's from Camden. And it's night two from Camden of a three-night set. And um, the highlight of the show is actually a song called The Prelude, which they're listing as Prelude to Grace. Mm -hmm. That is the original intro to Grace is Gone that was from the Lily White Sessions. Mm -hmm. It's only been played fully twice, and that is the first of it being played fully. It was actually teased the night before. But the set's very good. Um, JTR, Best of What's Around, unfortunately, both of those have the ladies on it. Um, We mentioned the, the... prelude believe it or not the jimmy thing from the show is actually really good i know that people are gonna be like mm, but how long it, is it 13 minutes it's not uh, bad somewhere in there 12 or 13 it's not when it was like ridiculous it's got true reflections in there which is nice something you don't hear every day um and also there's a fish cover when dave was alternating um dave solo song yeah, little thing into waste is cool yeah that's that's pretty nice and waste is a great fish song if you're not familiar with it yep so, and then interesting is the first time they've done this with the live tracks is there's actually a bonus disc made up and it's nine songs and it's from the night before night one and the night after night three and included in there. And actually the write-up um, from the warehouse, from the official site mentions specifically the lover lay down and this lover lay down is by far the best li- lover lay down ever played released. Now, when you hear it, you'll be blown away. Leroy just dominates it. It's fantastic. Mm. I miss some uh, little Leroy uh, playing. There's definitely distinctness to it. So I, I think Jeff has kind of slid towards Roy's style in a lot of ways. I mean, Jeff is a really high energy sax player, but listening to him this tour and the first few shows, it's I just I got a lot of Roy vibes listening to him. It was surprising. I would say probably more so than the past, but I still think it's distinctly different. Oh well, yeah, sure, but I just I've never seen him really tap into Roy like he has recently. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I think, I think you're onto something. I think that it, they're, they're different. They play different styles, but you can hear maybe that's sort of like the, you know, I, I hate to jump into his mind, but maybe he's more relaxed in his position now after whatever it's been six years or so. You think? Yeah, I would. I, I mean, I think we'd all probably agree. This is, this is Coffin's tour. I mean, out of, out of, out of all the members, I think he's probably shining the most on things like "What Would You Say," um, and just uh, on just the whole all around. I think he's really got comfortable, like you mentioned, and yeah, he's holding his own. I want to. I, I want to. I think Tim's your... been really good too. By the way, you I just want to. You think Tim? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Tim's been really good. But go ahead. Yeah, I want to mention Matt. Prelude. That's all good. Wasn't there a version of the, of the Lily Whites that leaked that had Prelude on it? 
Uh, yeah, that was that um, second demo that had the, um, I think the version that finally made it out to everybody, it had a full version of JTR, which the ending, the drum outro by um, Carter was a little bit longer. That was the full version that made it out. And I think the other ones that didn't make it out fully was a, um, a busted stuff, which was basically just a run through with Dave mumbling yeah. and just sending the song. And there was an early version of Bartender that was really close to the final lyrics. Um, but it was a, l- a little bit off, and it just didn't have all the bells and whistles yep. that, that it ended up with. I remember being out, uh, what was it, two nights, two shows before this, um, the Camden show was my second year following the band on tour. And uh, it was a Buffalo, uh, Ralph Wilson's show. And I remember being out in the parking lot. Uh, and hearing uh, Prelude being sound checked, that was pretty uh, cool. Really, we'll have to put that in. Um, it's in there. It's already in there. Well, ah, look at you oh, getting yeah. it done. Oh yeah. So that Very that nice. was really cool. Very nice. Oh, well, yeah. Prelude is great, and, and if somebody hasn't heard it before, um, just check it out. It's on YouTube, and I mean, yeah. I can't wait to hear you know a band's rec- you know the band's quality recording of it. Yeah. Um, just a great and, little. Hey, when it piece. shows up like this, the chances of it being played again, I think, exponentially jump. Not that the band's like super into what's being released on live tracks, but hey, more people hear it, more people want to hear it, more people talk about it, put signs, and and the well, chances go up. But you know, Matt, when you think about it, um, you know, Good Good Time was on the warehouse disc, and all of a sudden, Good Good Time started getting played literally after it got shipped, and also. On that very same disc, the warehouse disc this year, there was a 1994 um, Minarets, which is the style that they started playing this year with um, Carter doing the slow and low rap intro, the original, which is by far the superior version of Minarets. Right. So the Minarets this year have been fantastic. It's been the best since 94. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned Dodo. They start teasing it. You never yeah. know. So so more about Monkey Man. We were talking about how um, Monkey Man is going to be played. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I do. You guys just made me realize again. I still haven't gotten my my um, warehouse album. Oh, I can send you one of mine. I have two. Hey, 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 hey! We don't spread copyrighted material here. This this is this is very true. There is a guy on. Um, there's a guy in, in Plus. You guys know Bo, but um, Bo's got like five of them. I think he had shipped to him. So obviously they had some sort of shipping. Yeah, there. and yeah. I got zero. Yeah, you're going to have to contact some people. Um, yeah. Speaking of, real quick, to sidetrack something that we don't have written down in our podcast agenda, because I know that Matt loves this, but you're talking about sound checks and how if you look into Tour Central and you actually look at the little set list that's listed there, over to the left on any of the shows, there's some information. And if there's a sound check, it's going to be listed there. Now, this year, the band's actually not sound checking. And if they were sound checking, they would be inside. So we don't really have any for this year. But you can go back to various tours, various years, and you can find one. And I'll give you an example. Just if you go back to 1998 and the very first, um, the very first, um, uh, what do you call it? Stadium show. There we go. Looking at two things at once makes it a little difficult. But when they played the show in um, Foxborough, you'll see some stuff over on the left, and you'll see the sound, the actual sound checks that they did the first night. And I was actually there at 3.30 in the afternoon, and I heard them sound checking stay or too much or whatever the heck it was. Nice. Looking, at, that, looking, at, Saratoga, looking at the Ron show. Saratoga has a great sound check chasing uh, layout that you basically 
crawl into the woods and go down this big hill and climb up the hill over a creek and you're standing at this fence trying to get a peek at the sound check it's really cool yeah and that was actually that's one of the ones that we have in there um that nobody believed us on i believe it was in 2007 when we told everybody that uh sweet up and down was sound check because i was there listening to it yeah like no no it wasn't yeah i just make shit up exactly but yeah if you if you go back to um spec you'll find plenty of sound checks and very very cool stuff that you usually eventually you'll be able to search on that once joe writes the search so yeah that to look forward to (laughs) gotta write a news article first (laughs) so i mean this is probably a rookie question here but is 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 camden had a release before no this is the first one for camden so now if you're talking Big venues, quote unquote, and you know, depending on what you define big venues, but really the two big ones that stand out are Deer Creek and West Palm Beach. Those are traditional two night stands that do not have releases. So, and there was great shows in 2010 in West Palm Beach. If you go back to 2000, Deer Creek 2000's three nights is just unbelievable. One of the best three night stands the band's ever done. Um, you know, there's a couple of good ones in West Palm Beach too. 2007 was actually pretty good too. And same thing with um, Deer Creek. You can go back to even 2012. Everybody loved the Deer Creek shows. So there's plenty of opportunities there. And you have to wonder if one of those is going to be on the horizon now. Yeah. Well, that was, that's a good time as any to wrap up that segment. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back, wrap up, take uh, some Twitter questions, and then uh, send you all on your way. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment. That's right. As Joe just said, it's time to raise the roof on these Twitter questions. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're going to jump right into it because we know you're all waiting to go to dinner. Ben Allshouse asks, Ants Marching. Oh, also, and Cindy Secula. I hope I pronounced that all right. Same kind of question. Are there any word on any fall or winter tour announcements, dates, any details at all? Joe? People say people. What are the people saying? Um, will there be a fall tour, and what will happen? Um, I can only make a prediction, and I pre- predict there will be a fall tour, but it's probably not the fall tour that you're expecting. 
So what do you think? You can't even give it all away. Gotta unlock this guy. It won't be like the last couple fall tours. There's there's a little bit more. You think there's going to be some? How about this? It will not be a gimmick. And by gimmick, I mean DMB two sets or a whole bunch of guests coming or anything like that. I mean more like location. Okay, that makes no sense. Wow. No one understands what you're saying. Well, I'm certainly satisfied. I'm I'm recording this damn thing. I might turn it off. <laughs> how about how about I just say no? I cannot. I can't wait. I can't wait. Jake, do you have anything to add before I move on? I don't think there's going to be one. Really? Just because I don't know what he's saying, I'm going to say no. There's not going to be. Oh, okay. One. Just guessing, but I have no idea. I think they're going to have a tour where they all play. They rotate one to the right on their instruments. So, so Car- what, would, what, what would Dave play? So Dave would play. It's, it's counterclockwise. So Dave would play the sax. Jeff would play bass. Fonz would play the drums. Carter would play electric guitar. Tim would play the violin. And Boyd's our lead singer. Yes. True Reflections and Angel from Montgomery. Absolutely. And then they would play True Reflections and then Angel from Montgomery. And hey, Cinnamon, Joe? Girl, Cinnamon Girl will close. Cinnamon Girl. What was his song? Um, listen, I think was the name of it. That was the yep. single. Please Don't listen. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Look at that. Yeah, he I don't want to be up for a minute, right? <laughs> yeah, yep, that's exactly it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> it well. It's exactly. Hum it again. How's it go? Wow, that's about, about I don't know, what, 10 years? Wait, wow. did, wait. Did, was this in Australia or was this in Europe where um, fans were um, – um, like calling for Boyd to play uh, one of his songs, and like Boyd, like kind of like shook, looked at Dave, uh, or no, Dave looked at Boyd, like you want to do it, and Boyd was like, uh, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I, I remember that. I think that was in Europe. Yeah, but I, I, I have to wonder. I mean, I don't know how they remember. It was things. true. I, I think it was things. true. It was true reflections. Yeah, everyone was telling him. Everyone was chanting for True Reflections, and didn't they try to play a little bit of it, and then it stopped and didn't even continue anymore? They started like yeah. they did like the first they did like the first bars or did the first part, and then that the boy's supposed to do a violin or supposed to come in, and it just stopped. Maybe yeah. I'm making maybe this was a dream. Sorry for waking you up, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Michael Bear. What are the two? Oh, this guy's Speaking last name. Boyd. Michael Santos Jr. That better be right. Santos with a C, by the way. C-S. <laughs> it's actually pretty cool. Uh, Ants Marching, what's the origin of Boyd? This might be one for you, Joe. What's the origin of Boyd's gatherings, and why did he stop doing them this tour? Was it a wrist issue? And We can't talk about that. Sorry, Jake. Was it security concerns? Um, and when I first read this question, that end of question, by the way, when I first read it, I wouldn't know what the heck Michael was talking about, Boyd's gatherings, but now talking about gatherings and whatnot now i get it yeah, yeah. he well he actually tweeted boyd actually tweeted that um security said that he wasn't allowed to do them anymore so i can think you that fill would me be, in on what boyd's gatherings were jake um to be honest with you um i've seen pictures it seemed like boyd would would announce that uh, after the show he would show up someplace um a pre-designed whatever like a i mean it could, greet? Yeah, basically like a meet and greet, but it could be like in a shopping center parking lot. It could be outside of a hotel, and basically his his bus would pull up, 
And if there were 200 people there, I promise you that Boyd would literally shake hands and hug all 200 people. Was it nothing? There, it was, there's no cross promo. It was simply Boyd being just cool. Just Boyd being Boyd. That's the way he is. Oh, that's if cool. you've ever met Boyd, you know, that's what Boyd is. I mean, he truly is. Yeah, that's he's great. A hip, he's a hippie. I mean, he really is. I mean, that's just the way he is. And he just met everybody. And there are stories about him showing up and leaving two and a half hours later and making sure that he literally met every single person. That's cool. Yeah, but that's how Boyd is. But um, I mean, if you know, if you know anything about security and how that works, you could see how people would be like, okay, Boyd, we really can't do that. You know, we can't have that anymore so that's what he tweeted out so i'm assuming that's what it was and if it was the wrist i sure as hell wouldn't say anything about it anyway so why not so we got one more question i'm not a doctor we got one more question and we're gonna we're gonna finally indulge our our friend uh ottawa wants dmb so this this gentleman or lady whoever it might be on twitter has been tweeting us since we started recording these podcasts this year and we miss him every time (laughs) and well quite frankly He's Canadian, so we'll give him a little bit of a learning handicap. But you're supposed to include the Ants Podcast hashtag on these questions so we get to see them. And they just haven't. So we've been saying, well, hey, maybe next time. Anyway, we'll throw you a bone this time. Ottawa, thanks for being persistent and sticking with it. So this is, of course, he throws in six six options, by the way. So it's a, it's a one question in six parts. <laughs> <laughs> Getting his money's worth. But, okay, we'll try again. Ants marching, what are the chances of? A fall tour, it coming to Canada, not just Toronto. Apparently, that's considered Northern America now. <laughs> or a spring tour, including Europe. So basically, what are the band's <laughs> plans for the next year? <laughs> well, if you, if you heard part. my answer, I think his 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 question just goes right back into my answer I had before. Okay, you know, <laughs> like uh, oh, you know, uh, about the uh, you know, like Canada oh. tour, you know, uh. <laughs> um, I think the fall tour would be a, a okay. Tight, like, tight, if they have a fall tour, I think you're gonna have a tightly clustered East Coast uh, short run. Where Take else? Off, is, eh? Where else is there to play in Canada? Like, have they played anywhere other than Toronto? No, Ottawa. Right? Yeah, they they played Vancouver before. They played oh, Vancouver, they and I think they played Ottawa. They, pl- they just... played. That's where they did the the 32 minute 41 was in Ottawa. Oh yeah, the Cor- Coral Center. Yes. That wasn't Toronto. Where's is Ottawa still in Canada? or Did they move it? Is that is that like Quebec? Did they break apart, or am I thinking of the wrong place? Uh, do they have a, a hockey team? That's how I keep track. <laughs> what is let's okay? Just think, now that we're gonna fully make fun of Canada, I, I don't think I don't think uh, Canada gets love just because I don't know. Like I'm gonna go on with Jake, and who knows what the fall and winter plans are. Um, but I don't think Canada gets any of it. But no, it, it, that's that's unfortunate it, too. But they've they've actually played Montreal. Um, they played uh, Winnipeg. Wow, oh yeah, that's right. That infamous Winnipeg show where there was like eight hundred people there. No, really, that's it, it's Winnipeg. Apparently, is like in the middle of no place. Yeah, fifteen hundred seat venue. They played in Winnipeg in nineteen ninety eight. Oofa. Well, put it this way: the past fall tours. We had pretty credible information about the fall tour at this point of the summer. And we don't have that yet. We don't. There have been rumors of tours, though. There um, have been rumors of tours, uh, but yeah, not... We, you know, we usually don't spread rumors, but you know, if you were thinking about jumping the pond, you might want to consider it next year. But we don't spread rumors. That's not our style. No, not at all. And we certainly don't talk negative about the band. That's for damn sure. No. 
No. Not not this place. There's no negativity here. All about the phone book. Track you down. (laughs) But, yeah, they played Montreal in 2003 in Toronto and also Vancouver. So they basically played all three cities in Canada. Hmm. Three cities. (laughs) Jake, don't don't you ever let me hear about you talking bad about the Canadas again. Okay, you know, like Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. So this – George, we're going to get to you real quick. George Petty uh, asks, what three-night stand will have bigger bust-outs, Berkeley or Gorge? And we already kind of touched on this in the last segment. Um, I Who do you think, think, Matt? I think that's an even handicap, right? That's a pick em. Really? Pick em. I'm going to say Berkeley. It's gonna, I'm going to say it's got the upper hand. I'm going to say Gorge. I, I, I think mm-hmm. that you're going to get something at the Gorge that you didn't hear in Berkeley. You might get one song that you didn't hear in Berkeley at the Gorge. Um, that'll be the bigger bust out? That'll be the bigger bust. I think you're going to get busted stuff or broken things played at the Gorge. Ooh. I think that of one of those two will be played, will, will debut there. Mm. Or perhaps phone book. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm, I'm really hoping for phone book. <laughs> I got my sign. Oh. <laughs> well, if, we... if you people do not bring a sign that says phone book, I'm talking about everyone listening. That is your goal now is you must bring a sign that says phone book. So we are uh, – we talked about this in past podcasts. We're not having a party per se at the Gorge, nothing official, but there will be an Ants RV and we will be drinking copious amounts of adult beverages there. Um, so it would be cool if uh, you all got on the Twitter – and followed us if you don't already, and start hitting us up with tweets if you're there, and we will certainly help you find us. We'll also, Jake or Joe, we're going to be flying the flag. We will be flying the flag, okay. but uh, it could be hard to find if you don't know the general area because the campgrounds are massive. That's true. But, um, we will have one when you're in the general area. Yeah, Joe, yeah. do you know where the flag is right now? Just well, there's there's a couple flags. Um, that flag, the original flag, I. Do not know for sure, but I could find out. But you have a flag. You I don't have, have the flag. flag. I have a flag that is racking up just as many shows as the flag. Yeah. Joe, and you need to send me the link to the poll I... that I need to get. <laughs> <laughs> Since you are the poll master. You pull, and a poll lock, too, so it works. Oh, All right. Geez. Okay, so we've now offended Canada and Poland. Listen, I am both Canadian and I'm not Canadian, but I am Polish, so I can make those jokes. Tim Watley said I said so. There you have it. Okay. Um, okay, you know, like, but, <laughs> but so the so it's going to be a lot of fun at the Gorge. Um, we're gonna, again, we're going to have lots of beer, and if you guys are coming from different areas of the country, uh, somebody asked me this. Um, go ahead and bring beer from where you're from, and that would be a great little. Uh, like a three-day tasting would be a lot of fun. But speaking of beer, if you do follow our, our Twitter account, uh, you might have noticed some some beer-related paraphernalia um, going up over the last couple of days. And if you are in the market for beer-related paraphernalia or things that enable you to drink said beer, you might want to keep an eye on where we're at for the gorge. So um, it's going to be an extremely limited kind of thing. Um, so we don't know how long the opportunity will present itself, but uh, be on the lookout for some uh, some cool merch uh, mm. coming around Gorge time. Mm. Yeah, Joe, Joe, are you intrigued? You look intrigued. Mm. Very, very intrigued. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna be on the lookout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, 
yes, be be uh be on the lookout. I guess that's that is my best version of hype. I gotta tell you, it'd be pretty bad <laughs> if anybody wanted me to be their marketing. Could you say you that uh, what you have could be an eye-opening <clears throat> experience? It could be eye-opening. for beer bottles. Ooh, that's much better, Jake. It's much better. Bring your plastic, basically. Be on. Be be at the ready. There's no twist with this one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that that's about going to wrap up our wrap up episode for the first portion of the tour. Uh, we kick back off in what two weeks from tonight, right? Comes back. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, so we, we probably, unless some big bombshell news comes out, we probably won't do another show until the tour recommences. You're welcome. Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, Jake, you got anything else to throw in before we uh, sign off for the night? No, I don't, except that, um, you know, talking again about that Live Tracks 31, if you didn't uh, experience the 2001 tour, you're kind of scared about it. You know, this is probably the best show of that tour. So just kind of keep that in mind if you're interested. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money unless you buy something from Matt at, at Gorge, which you should do. But it's a it's a pretty darn good show. So just keep that in mind. And I detest 2001 for me to say that. It's just something. Joe, you gonna give us any bits of wisdom on your way out? I don't have any. Nope. Blank it. Blank on the on the uh, words Drawing of wisdom. Drawing a blank. Well, we want to thank all the uh, Ants Plus members for listening live and, and helping support the site. We really do appreciate you guys and make it a lot of fun to do these live. And uh, we'll hopefully have this posted up by Saturday. We hope everybody has a nice, safe weekend and get your rest in, and that way you can have plenty of fun, safe fun when the tour recommences. So again, thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Hit us on Twitter at AntsMarching. Hit us on Instagram at AntsMarchingOrg. No dot. And of course, uh, AntsMarching.org. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, Tour Central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.